This is the Warm Springs program on KWSO. Warm Springs Tribal Credit is one of the enterprises of the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs. Lori Fuentes is the credit manager. In an annual update, Lori gave a brief history of the Tribal Credit Office and the services they provide. Credit has grown out of a program that used to be a BIA program. It was eventually turned over to the tribe, and the the money that we have, we've grown it's, it was actually voted in by the people by referendum, and uh, we've grown the money to uh, relend, and we're we have a self-sustaining enterprise now. You know, we we don't ask the tribe for any money during the budget season. You know, we survive off of our income that we get from interest on the loans and from our investment activity. The majority of our loans are, you know, uh, consumer-type credit loans, you know, for uh, paying bills and getting cars repaired and purchasing things for children and that type of thing. They're mostly short-term loans. Long-term loan options include home loans. Many tribal members choose to go through tribal credit for mortgages. There are more than one option now, but, you know, we do uh, mortgage loans, um, you know, for for stick-built homes and uh, as well as manufactured homes. Um, we have a limit of $200,000. It's an aggregate total limit that any, you know, one tribal member or tribal member uh, couple can owe the tribal credit office. When it comes to helping folks understand money management and financial education, Lori says there are classes that are available through other programs, but what they provide is more personalized counseling or coaching. We try to work one-on-one with folks, you know, because everyone's different, you know, and uh, every individual, you know, has their own little idiosyncrasies and, um, you know, we, we will sit down and work with people just on a one in, one-on-one basis. But there are uh, education resources available, you know, and those are through uh, Warm Springs Community Action Team and also through um, Warm Springs Housing Authority. They do a great job. Tribal Credit will finish the year in good shape. We are predicting, you know, that we, we're going to be profitable and um, st- staying in the black, not not um, a huge amount of money, you know, but we are going to stay profitable. And um, we do have a uh, staff of 11 tribal members. So our entire staff at Credit is all tribal members, and we're pretty proud of that. Lori discussed the impact that the pandemic had on business. The pandemic has... Um, you know, it's it's pretty much hit everyone pretty hard, and yeah, credit did um, you know suffer some drawbacks, you know. Um, but there there were also a few little good things that came out of it, you know, assistance programs and and that type of thing. So, you know, we did see an increase in our delinquencies, and you know, we we've kind of been real calm about it and taking it slow. And we, uh, you know, we want to work with people, you know, if they get in that situation, you know, we, we want them to come in and talk to us. And, you know, we'd rather work something out with you. That's our goal. You know, we have some knowledge about, 
you know, different programs that will help you. And sometimes we can't help you, but, you know, there's, there's other resources out there that can help folks. You know, there have been some uh, mortgage assistance programs, and there's actually still one, an active one, over at the housing department that, you know, we've been working with housing on that. There's still money available, and, you know, if you if you have a mortgage with us and you haven't applied, it's really worth your time to go to housing and do that. They have the applications. We have the applications. Um, if you don't like doing the paperwork, we'll sit down and help you do it. Lori says that the word she would like to get out is that Tribal Credit is able and willing to work with people. If, if you find yourself um, in a situation where you've gotten behind or you need to come in and talk to us, you know, or anything, you know, it could be your home insurance, it could be your life insurance, it could be you know, any kind of financial questions, you know, we're, we're there, we want to help, we want to get, get things resolved with you because it's really to, um, to both the advantage of the individual and the enterprise and, you know, that's, um, that's what we'd like to do. Looking toward the future, Lori shares about a plan they intend to achieve. One of our big goals is um, someday to, to bring... Um, you know, banking services to Warm Springs, there's, there's some things that need to be worked on. You know, we, we have to have a, a uniform commercial code that will um, support that. That's one of the, the main priorities. Warm Springs Tribal Credit Enterprise Manager Lori Fuentes. Warm Springs Power and Water Enterprises is responsible for managing the tribe's interest in the largest hydroelectric project within the state of Oregon, the Pelton Round Butte Hydroelectric Project, located on the Deschutes River. Kathy Eli has been the Power and Water General Manager for just over a year. She gave this update. We are uh, active. Uh, we are, we're working on um, upgrading uh, some of the, the hydroelectric facilities at the re-regulating dam. And... Also, just continue to oversee the ownership interests in the full Pelton Roundview project. But in this year that I've been here, the renewable energy opportunities have continued at a warp speed with all the federal funding. So we're quite active uh, working with potential developers that are considering sites on the reservation and making proposals. And should the tribal council and the community want them, once we get all those details, then we would move forward. So right now we're just in a really high exploratory stage uh, for the potential projects that could could work on the reservation, solar projects that could work on the reservation. Every um, potential partner uh, that has an interest in doing a project on the reservation, we do our due diligence on, make sure that they're credible and and that they've got the experience and then they've got the business objectives that are compatible. Uh, with what's important to the tribe. So there's that preliminary work. But then, of course, they have to be pretty schooled in solar development. And so we check that out as well. So the, the companies that we're working with have those credentials, and we've seen that. And so we're moving on to the next level where they can actually go kick some dirt on the site and take some preliminary looks and work preliminarily with our branch of natural resources to identify any potential problems with the sites or mitigation that might be required should a project move forward. And then at the same time that that's happening, you know, I'm always keeping in my mind's eye 
how the tribe itself may want to get to the point of being the developer or owner uh, outright of, of these projects as well. So, you know, the tribe currently doesn't have that uh, experience, but we're working on ways to try and to build that or look to that for future projects so that they can take advantage even further of the uh, ownership of, of, a, of a project like that. Um, we did have a public meeting in February where we kicked off a couple of things. Um, we kicked off a discussion of all the bipartisan infrastructure law and the, the Inflation Reduction Act funding and talked about our priorities for how we might use those grant funds should we be successful in getting them because we're quite active pursuing that as well. And we talked about an energy plan that we're putting together as well. And then at that, we also talked about the renewable development potential and because so much of the funding that's available is related to climate change and those sorts of things. So um, we at that meeting, we did put out a map of some potential sites. These are sites that um, were identified based on a study from 2010 that my predecessor had done to look at, you know, should the tribe want to consider renewables, where would be good locations to do that? And some solar sites were identified and they're on a map. That doesn't mean that they're fully approved. It just means that they would lend themselves well to a solar project in terms of, you know, hours of sun, topography, that sort of thing, and uh, other sensitive things that are important to the tribe membership. So uh, that map is out there publicly. So you, you got to have transmission to get your energy, you know, somewhere else to either market it or use it for, you know, should there be an on-site need. So transmission's key. And so I think, you know, when I was able to, to speak with you when I first started, I, I think I recall talking about that, that obstacle, you know, where there wasn't transmission. So um, we've been pretty active in that as well this past year. So couple of things, you know, there have been some grants that have been available to um, try and pursue grid resiliency through innovative partnerships. And we have a partnership with Portland General Electric already in the ownership of the hydroelectric facilities. So we have partnered with them to try and pursue some transmission upgrades and uh, to promote that resiliency goal of the current administration. And then also um, just been really advocating with the other utilities, Pacific Corps and Bonneville, that cross the reservation with their transmission facilities to talk about the art of the possible, you know, because they need to facilitate renewable energy. They need it to meet some state mandates, at least, you know, uh, PGE and Pacific Corps do. So um, we're trying to form a unique partnership here of conversation about how transmission could happen and how Warm Springs is, seems to be right in the center of a lot of need. You know, the load growth in Central Oregon, the availability and abundance of land on the reservation that could host solar, um, and then the utilities' needs. So it kind of is a nice alignment of, of need, and so we're having those conversations pretty regularly and deeply to try and see what we can put together. We're also pleased that the Pelton Round Butte project also just got certified or recertified as a low-impact hydro project, meaning it's very, you know, favorable to the environment, to the fish, et cetera. doesn't mean it doesn't need mitigation of some sort, but it is a, a low-impact facility, which takes a lot of effort to get certified as such. So it is viewed as renewable and clean. Um, so the enterprise, you know, is, is a utility scale sort of mission, 
And so we've been focused on that kind of funding. We've got some resources that we can use for grant writing and searching that we we let the tribal council know were available. So they've asked us to help with some of the more community size opportunities. So we've been pretty involved in some of the grant pursuit for things like electric vehicles and solar-powered street lighting and and other sort of uh, opportunities that might be more directly beneficial to to membership. The year's been good. I mean, it's, you know, there's a portion of the revenue that comes to the tribe um, through its sales of its energy to Portland General Electric is dependent on market prices. You know, some of it's a fixed revenue and some of it's variable depending on market prices. They've been good for a lot of the year. They're not so good right now. You know, when, when there's a high demand, like, you know, all the heat and or cold in the winter, that tends to um, take prices up, um, which is beneficial for that revenue. But we haven't seen uh, this summer anyway the pricing like we did last summer. But it has overall been a, quite a positive year for hydro sales. And it, and the fish are, are doing well. Um, so the, the projects are functioning. We actually have... Um, I don't have the counts offhand, but some of the returns are what haven't been seen uh, in the upper river for quite a while. And also, um, there's plans for new capital projects for a new fish facility that, you know, takes care of them even further uh, with the hopes of finding ways to de-stress the fish after they get transported from one location to another and just help ensure survivability and, and likelihood for return. Uh, we have a lovely location, you know, but we don't get many visitors. So if anyone wants to come and see and visit, we're happy to have you and have a great vista of the uh, Deschutes River and the re-regulating dam and, and the reservoir behind it. So um, it's fun to have folks come by and take a look, and we're happy to explain uh, what we do and and also have some fun facts and uh, posters and uh, items that explain the fish experience as well. So we're trying to focus on that a bit more, too, and maybe come up with some publications to help tell that story. Because the tribe has, while it's always been dear to the culture, they've also really made significant monetary investments to preserve it as well. So that's a story that we want to really get out there. Warm Springs Power and Water Enterprises General Manager, Kathy Eli. Thank you for listening to the Warm Springs Program. I'm Liz Smith for 91.9 FM, KWSO.